Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride Hey, Shyhards, welcome to episode 58 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we're going to go ahead and cover Chicago Fire, season six, episode 19, entitled Where I Want to Be. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And unlike our other episodes, we don't have any news this week. So, I mean, because it, it hasn't been that long since you've heard from us last. So not a lot has dropped. There was a TV Guide article that was just like, of no importance because it was just like will otis rejoin 51 and i didn't even see that yeah it was really it was just tv guide being tv guide i don't want to hate on tv guide but like seriously i feel like they never report anything of importance importance yeah yeah also Gina, i think you said 58 and this is definitely 59 is it really oh shit oopsies episode 59 of minus (laughs) at molly's this is not bad but that's okay I'm going to just put 59 in the outline, but okay. So, yeah, um, you know, there's no there's no news there as far as that's concerned. Um, yeah, we got news on what show we were talking about in the last episode, but Bryna said we don't even have to mention that, so I won't cough it was Lethal Weapon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, otherwise we can go ahead and just jump right in. So, once again, this was Season 6, Episode 19, entitled Where I Want to Be. Bryna, overall thoughts on this episode? It was really good. I have a lot of questions about Cordova I also I'm gonna save my stellarite opinions but guys there has been a change in my feelings so we'll discuss that later but yeah this is like CNN breaking news over yeah, this here is like CNN breaking news like yeah it's great but no, this so has been I've, harder news to sit on than like our finale coverage. I wanted to like <laughs> spill this for days, but I haven't been able to. But we'll get there. But yeah, no, otherwise, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. I think I liked it better on a second rewatch almost. Yeah, I think I liked certain parts more than others. But yeah, no, I really liked it. Um, the Stellarite stuff was great. It was started to go sideways and then it got redeemed at the end. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so as always, we break this down by storyline. We're going to start off with Dossie and the mystery money, or it should be like the mystery money and Dossie, because, you know, the Dossie stuff was kind of like Not as much, yeah. Not as much, yeah. So the episode pretty much kicks off with a call. We're like maybe three scenes in and the alarm goes off, and they get called to an electrical fire at a Mexican cartel house. Sounds like a wonderful place. Sounds like an episode of PD. That too. That too. So they walk in and the first thing they see is a shitload of money on the table. And so since we couldn't already figure out what this was, Cordova had to go play Captain Obvious. And he's like, it's a drug bank. And we're like, thank you, Cordova. Like, we we knew that. Yeah, we knew that. So Casey kind of disperses the troops. Stella and Cordova head down a hallway. But Stella very quickly loses sight of him because Cordova is going to Cordova. So... Yeah, Stella finds a victim trapped behind a steel door, and she's like, I need some help here, but I don't know where the fuck Jake went. So, yeah. So Severide and Cap come to help her, and they can only get a really small corner of this door open. I think it's like a steel door, isn't it? It's something like heavy duty. Yeah, it's it's a vault. vault. Yeah, Which is why she can't, because Stella was like, well, just unlock the door, and she's like, I can't. Like, it's a vault. Like, you can only open it from the outside. A vault, which is a totally normal thing to have in the middle of your house. Yep. Yeah, like a full-sized walk-in vault. Totally normal. Yeah, totally Totally normal. So she's got this victim trapped behind the door. Severide and Cap come to help her. They can only get a small corner of this door open. So Stella kind of just immediately takes off her masks, crawls through the hole, and she just gets the victim herself. And it's so great because she, like, takes off her mask and everything. And Severide's like, Stella, what the fuck are you doing? And she looks at him and she's like, tell me you wouldn't do the same. Touche. Literally everyone in 51 would do the exact same thing Stella just did. Every single one of them. So Stella crawls out. Sev gives her his mask. And the fandom just collectively, like, dies. (laughs) Stella, I'd being adorable. And so... 
Later on, Dawson and Brett get a call and there were five people killed execution style with the word, the Spanish word for thief spray painted on the trunk. I'm not even going to try it. I took French in high school. If I try to pronounce it in Spanish, it's going to be bad. It's been a while since I took Spanish, but Ladrone? Yeah, Ladrone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not even going to try it. So... Then we come back from break and it's Antonio. Hi. Antonio briefs his sister, his brother-in-law, and Bowden. So it's basically like the entire Dossie family and chief. Love it. So we basically find out that $100,000 is missing from this stash house. And so the cartel is just going apeshit trying to find who took it. And so Gabby suggests talking to Marlena, who's the girl Stella pulled from the fire. And there's this like little beat between the Dossies and Gabby's like, what? And he goes, oh, you have that look in your eyes. Just Dossie. (laughs) Married as fuck. Adorable. Yeah. Precious little Dossies. So at first Marlena won't talk and then she ends up spilling. And so she just describes there's a man. There was a man at the fire who shoved her into the vault, but she can't really remember anything else about him. That's about all we learned there. So... Antonio goes over to Casey and Dawson's place and two things here. One, there's a back door to Casey and Dawson's. We learned this. Um, And two, he doesn't have a key. I mean, I'm sure he does have a key, but like you can't just if it's not an emergency, you can't just barge in using the key. Well, you can't just do that. Well, it wouldn't be barging in, though. It's just Antonio. I mean, yeah, but like you can't just still like what if they were having sex in the kitchen and like he just opens (laughs) he just uses the key and opens the door. If that's the case, then Gabby and Matt have a real knack for having sex on countertop surfaces. I'm just <laughs> saying, to the like, past episodes. it's a good point. Like, you can't just, like, what if they were having sex on the countertop in the kitchen and he just barged in and they're the fuck he, like, they are. Okay, but if they were having sex on the countertop kitchen, let's talk about this, because the blinds were open. If that were the case, they should have closed the damn blinds. No, I know. I'm just saying, point being, like, you don't know what you're going to walk in on, so unless it's an emergency, it's like... I mean, it's like any family member. Like, you know, we have the keys to our grandparents' house, but that doesn't mean I use it every time I go over there. I just use it for an emergencies. Or, like, if they're not home and they tell me to go over there for something. Hmm. Good point. I don't know. I have the keys to our friend's house, and I always text them before I use it. I'm like, I'm using my key. It's not a burglar. It's just me. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's a valid point. Like, I would have done that or only use it in an emergency. Like, I wouldn't just do it without letting them know I'm coming. Hmm. Antonio's got to have a key. But yeah, I assume he has a key. I'm just saying he doesn't use it unless it's, you know. this. this He's got to be the only one, though. I don't even think Brett would be worthy of key status. No. not Well, speaking of Brett, can we, while we're talking about this, because this is kind of like the last main Antonio scene, can we talk about how that news from last week, or, yeah, the news from last week, I don't remember which episode we discussed it in, probably the med episode, but that said we were going to get all the, like, Bretonio scenes when Antonio showed up and then we didn't get a single Bretonio scene. You know what happened is probably the editor got hold of them and it just ended up on the cutting room floor. <sighs> I know. I, I'm just going to sip my tea. No, I know. I want a word with this editor, man. Like, <laughs> I want a word with him. <laughs> yeah. If, if that is the case, and I'm sure that it is, although... You know, if that is the case, no offense to the Herman storyline, because I really thought that was funny. But, like, I rather would have had, although the Herman, I guess, storyline is important because it sets up Stella Ride. Yeah, I guess so. I but, just, like, I would was... honestly rather have had the Bretonio scenes than, like, the Herman storyline. Same. plot-wise and character-wise, it's more important. Yeah. But I understand that the Herman storyline essentially sets up Stella Ride. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it. But, like, you couldn't have cut one scene of Herman's thing. Like, the Herman and Stella scene at the at Molly's when she's like, oh, like, everything in the basement looks great. And she's like, you might want to check the vodka. Like, you know. Like, we didn't need that one. Like, we no, could replace that with Bretonio. Yeah, I mean... They've already let us know that they don't really plan on picking up with Bretonio again until next season. So I'm just saying, it sucks, was just, I just, but. you know, I just think it's funny that it ended up in a like spoil in like a TV line. I don't remember which article it was, but it ended up in like a TV line thing. And then like it never mm-hmm. happened. 
We should have this editor man on the podcast so we can interrogate him. Oh, my God. No, how I didn't even say interview. I said interrogate. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the Upton and Platt scene from PD. <laughs> man. So where were we? Okay, yeah. So Antonio apparently doesn't have a key, but basically the whole gist of this scene is that he is suspicious of Cordova. And something I love here, though, is how... Antonio suggests it without even saying it and Casey just runs with it Casey's like if this is what my brother-in-law thinks this is what I think boom see that kind of annoyed me I didn't I guess like I see that. that I mean obviously I think Antonio was right to be I like I understand the circumstances and why Antonio was suspicious of Cordova and like I get that and like you know he does have the right to be suspicious but like I kind of hate like you know, Casey is the one that was there. Casey is the one who is leading this group that, you know, Cordova, the, these men and women. And, you know, if Casey didn't think that necessarily before then, then, like, I I don't know. It just kind of annoyed me. I had a I, lot I, of pro-Cordova things in this episode. Like, I think I might be dropping some more hot takes tonight. Did you flip to the other side this episode on Cordova? I've always been on pro-Cordova. I've always been kind of in the middle. Yeah, but I think I, I have know. more pro pro Cordova things to say this week. Man, you flipped to all sorts of sides this week. I've always been pro Cordova. I've just yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what my yeah, hot we'll takes see. blow out. But yeah. <laughs> so Casey finds Cordova at Molly's, and this is one of those moments where like he doesn't really. This is one of those moments where awkward Casey comes out because he is never really very smooth. Sometimes he'll just like hone in right on like the awkward question. It's like he knows he's what he's trying to say and he knows that like what he, you know like he has this idea of what it how it's going to turn out and then it mm-hmm. never actually does because he's just awkward and bam and rumbles and yeah, you know. Was it the end of season three when he was working at that strip club on like a construction gig? Yes. So that it just reminds me of when he was trying, he was like talking to the stripper girl. I can't remember if her name was, like, I think it was like Katya or something like that. Yes, but it is Katya. Yeah. So he walks in and he's like, nice. I like the uh, leg thing. It's kind of like that. Like he has just no. He's a bumbling idiot sometimes. Sometimes he is a bumbling idiot, but he's an adorable bumbling idiot. Yeah. And so he basically is like, mm, hey, Cordova, did you steal money? Like just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and. It goes from zero to 60 real fast. And so, you know, Casey's like, I need to know if you took the money. And Cordova, in so many words, is like, yeah, fuck off. But he starts dropping some, like, not hot takes, but, like, fire. What was the line he said about, like, you just want me out of your house and away from your wife? Yeah. I was like, damn, Cordova. Like, you got balls to say that to your Yeah, that was ballsy. Really ballsy. And I feel like if Casey weren't, no, well, if Casey weren't in the place he was in, surrounded by the people he was surrounded by, he probably would have punched him. But have we, have we seen Casey punch anybody? Oh, good question. I feel like we have. I feel like we have. I just can't think of it right at this second. Well, back on the strip club thing, I, I remember he did some beating up at the beginning of season four. I mean, granted, he had to, to like survive. Yeah. I feel like we have. But most okay for the most part, Casey is not really the punch first, talk later kind of guy. That's true. That's Severide. Hmm. Yeah. No. Good point. Okay. Yeah, listeners, if you can recall another time when Casey has punched somebody, please tell us because we're drawing blanks. And gifts are appreciated. Gifts are always appreciated. Um. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, but I don't think we've ever heard anybody talk to Casey like that before and be like you know you just want me away from your wife but in that moment I think I think later on throughout the episode Casey changes his mind but like especially in the beginning like I don't think Cordova's wrong well but I don't like the way he just bold out says it he's like you just want me out of the house and away from your wife as if to imply like yeah I'm a threat to your marriage like excuse you like you're not that great no, I don't, I don't see, I didn't see it as that. I just saw it as like, you know, someone is essentially getting his character attacked and like, you know, Cord- what Cordova said isn't wrong. That like Casey doesn't like him and just kind of wants him away from Gabby, especially after Casey learned that 
whether they were it was a thing or just a couple dates whatever their thing was we still don't really know but like you know once Casey learned that he you know Casey is the jealous type like we know that yeah and so I think he lets that get to him a little too much yeah even though he swears up and down that he doesn't yeah yeah that was my favorite he's like well I'm not gonna like ding some guy that you had a history with before you even met I'm like Casey yes you are (laughs) don't lie yeah (laughs) Yeah, so. So that, that's a good point. It's a good point. So Dawson's really pissed because, like, Casey accuses Cordova. Cordova, like, storms out. And Dawson's so mad, like, really mad. And so Casey's like, well, it's possible that you're letting your history with Cordova affect your ability to see this objectively. And then at first I'm like, well, Casey's kind of right. And then Dawson turns around and she's like, or you are. And I was like, oh, but Dawson's kind of right, too. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, I definitely would agree with Dawson in this case. Like, you know, she, like I said, he's just, he see, he's letting the, his jealousy just affect him a little too much. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess I was surprised by how much this was impacting Gabby. I thought this, this impacted her more than I thought it was going to. But I can also see that because he's not just an ex now. He's a member of the firehouse. Yes. So she kind of approaches that she's I feel like maybe she's approaching the Jake thing more from that angle than from the angle of he's an ex. Right. Because she did. I mean, as what was it last week or two weeks ago when she, you know, he said it was last week when he says, you know, like I, you know, she's like, well, our thing was just, you know, really just a couple of days. And he's like, well, it was more than that to me. And, you know, like she just really sees it as like, oh, we went on a couple of dates, whatever. Like to her, it's not a thing. And to him it is, yeah. Well, and to him that it was is. another thing Casey when he said that. Is. Yeah, to Casey it is, yeah. But when he said that, when he was like, "Oh well, it wasn't to me." That's another moment where I was like, "Who the hell do you think you are?" She's a married woman now. What are you? What is your point in saying that? I mean, I think his point in saying that is that you know, just because you saw it as a couple dates doesn't mean that my feelings in that moment weren't valid, and that I didn't see it as something more. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as necessarily him being like him trying to tell her as a married woman that he still is a thing for her, which maybe, you know, you can argue, especially at the end, like maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, whatever. But like, I see it as, you know, him trying to prove that like, just because you saw me as something doesn't mean that what I was feeling wasn't valid. It wasn't more than that. Yeah. Not that he's trying to like, use it as a way to like break up their marriage or like hit on her or anything. I know, I've really got to stop being so suspicious of all these new characters. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, I mean, we'll get to it at the end. Well, in a minute when, yeah, just keep going. <laughs> so Casey and Bowden meet with Cordova and Casey apologizes for coming at him because, you know, he just wants to get to the bottom of things. And Cordova handles it really, really well. He just is like, that's cool. Just tell me what I can do. And so he basically tells him that, you know, he saw someone else in the fire and that's why he followed him. That's why he ghosted Stella. And it matches Marlena's description of what happened. And so he's like, I just wanted to show my hustle, prove that I was worth keeping around. Okay. Okay. First of all, though, I just have to point out great use of the word ghosted right there. Because, like, he calls it like a ghost and ghosted Stella. Oh. um. Yeah, and so Cordova walks out of the meeting and he finds Gabby and he begs her to tell him if he's getting reported to IAD. See, after this scene with Casey and Bowden, I was like, good on you, Cordova. Like, good job. Okay, that's not bad. And then he went up to Gabby. I was like, and now you just fucked it all up again. I think the thing is, though, it's like, and I didn't realize this until I was watching it the second time back. They never tell him, Casey and Bowden never tell him that, like, look, dude, you're off the hook. Like, we're not going to take this any further. So, like, because especially after his conversation with Casey at Molly's, like, I would have still thought the same thing. Like, yes, they might be asking you for my side, but, like, they never say, like, dude, you're off the hook. Like, we're okay. Like, yes, he apologized, but, like, Casey could apologize just for lashing out, but still doesn't mean he's not going to report him to IED. Yeah. So, like, I yeah. as I was watching it, like, because I thought the same thing, too, on the first watch. I was like, oh, yeah, this was a really good scene. And I was, like, kind of like, okay. Maybe that went a little too far. But then I think it was after second rewatch today that I was like, okay, like they didn't also do their part in being like, dude, like you're fine. Like we're not going any further with this. Like we just want to know what you saw and what you're like, what you what was the situation? Yeah, they did kind of leave them hanging. 
Right. I don't know. But I did love when Gabby like stopped him and Gabby was like, oh, no, like I'm about to say some things that need to be said. I was like, yes, thank you, Gabby. Go for it. And so, you know, Cordova's like, I'm asking you to stand by me and tell these people who I really am. And then Dawson says, I'm not saying that I don't believe you, but if Casey doesn't trust you, then that's not on him. Again, married as fuck. Yeah. So cute. So Severide and Casey go see Bowden and they say that they might have found a false wall in the floor plan. I loved, loved, loved when Severide walked in and Casey was like, oh, do you need a second? Or he like asked for a second set of eyes and Severide was like, oh, yeah, sure, of course. And all it took was for Severide to look and be like, there's a secret doorway. Bromance. I know. I know. So good. So good. So, yeah, Cordova leads him through the path on the fire and they check the bookcase. And once they move it, it's like full on spy movie secret passage and a dead body just like plops right out. Yeah. So great. So great. So, yeah, they find the dead body and the money. Um, And I remember the body popped out. I was like, well, that's awkward. Like, yeah. He must have gotten like smoked alive. Yeah. Or I mean, died from like inhalation or something. Yeah. Oof. That's quite an unpleasant way to go. Yep. Dang. So Casey apologizes again for downing Cordova and tells him that he's going to recommend him for a more permanent spot at 51. And we'll fill in kind of the backstory on that in a few. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's going to recommend him for a more permanent spot at 51. So then the episode pretty much ends with Cordova showing up at Dossie's door and he basically says that he's turning down Casey's deal because he feels like all he's been is trouble, which like, wow, (laughs) way to like recognize your place. And so Cordova's like, yeah, 51's a great house. There's no place I'd rather be, but sometimes things just don't work out the way you wish they had. And Casey understands and he's like, yeah, I'll put in a good word for you wherever you choose to go. And that's about that. I think, are we like rid of Cordova? That's my my question is, are we rid of Cordova? Like, was it that easy? But I don't think we can be completely rid of him. Like, Otis isn't back yet. I I don't know. I mean, like, who's gonna come in and take Otis's place? Like, I can't just have four members truck team. Yeah, but you know what this week's episode will probably do? They'll probably be like, Otis, I'm so glad you passed your physical assessment, and then he'll be like back on truck, like nothing ever happened. I hope not. I know. I hope not. Also, oh. but you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind him sticking around for a little longer. He's nice to look at. Yeah, I really okay. Slightly hot take. I actually really like the character of Cordova. Like, I actually wouldn't really mind if he stuck around for, like, a while. Okay. Elaborate. I just, I think a lot of people were kind of pissy just because they, like, because he kind of, you know, was taking Otis's, taking Otis's spot in the firehouse and that, you know, he was there to to maybe or maybe not break up Dossie's marriage. And, like, in the end, that wasn't really his deal at all. Like, he just really came in, He you know, he wanted to make... You know, he wanted to find his spot, and maybe he gunned for Otis's spot a little too hard, which after, you know, this episode, we learned, like, he was a floater for two years. Like, I can't really blame the guy. Like, when you think that there's, like, finally a spot that could be semi-permanent, or at least permanent for a little, you know, for a long period of time until Otis comes back, like, I can't really blame the guy. You know, after you've been floating for two years, like, and you think you have a chance to land somewhere finally, and with people... I mean, A, you're familiar with Gabby, but B, at some point, you like these people. Like, it's mm-hmm. at this point, like, he likes these people. So, like, you know, like, I can't really blame the guy. I guess I think not. in the beginning, I... it's hard to, like, I mean, I understand why people blamed him because you didn't know that he's a floater and, like, you didn't understand all that part. But, you know, I don't know. I didn't, like, there was never a moment where I was like, dude, Cordova, like, that's off the line. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I didn't mind any of the stuff Cordova was here for. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, like, outright hate him. I just was, like, the, his very first episode, I was, like, okay, they want us to hate him, so I'm not going to give him the satisfaction just yet. And then I was just kind of, like, what's this guy's deal? So I, I just, I ended, so I feel like I ended somewhere in the middle with him. I also don't think we ever really saw the side of him that was in the description from whatever, art, the deadline article or whatever one, the, like. About him being a rugged man's man? Yeah, like, we never really saw that. No. Which I'm okay no, with. No, we didn't, did we? But we never really saw that. 
So that's interesting. And I don't know. I mean, like, is Cordova my favorite character? No. Do I wish? I mean, I like that. I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind if he stuck around. I think it is. I think what I mean, we're going to talk about it, like what Otis says, you know, it's hard for people to kind of get what 51 is. And, you know, once you find that kind of person who can like actually appreciates 51 for what they are, like the family unit that they are and can fit in or fit in well enough, then like maybe you shouldn't let them go. Yeah. So, no, I, I didn't mind him. I mean, but I am curious if he is gone for good and like that's it or if like, you know how the Otis part, like, if we do get Otis, but I don't know. That was my biggest question. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given where they ended off with Otis. Because it was kind of... What happened in his second assessment, we never know. We don't know yet. It's a mystery. Yeah. It is a mystery. So, yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about Otis and Cordova, or do you want me to? I got it. Okay. Okay. So the episode opens, like the very first scene, Otis is doing, of course, more physical therapy. And he's getting an assessment that will determine whether he can go back to work soon or not or whatever. Um, And Bowden sees him later on and asks Otis how it went. And he's like, you know, the doctor was really hard to read. And he said, you know, it just kind of really feels like a goalpost has moved every time I get very close to it. And Bowden, you know, just really reminds him that it's a process. And Otis says, you know, it's going to take a couple of days for me to, like, hear some results. So then Bowden goes and asks Casey how the new, di- new guy's doing. This is after the call. Bowden asks Casey how the new guy's doing. And Casey's, you know, talking about Cordova, obviously. And Casey's, like, you know, a bit more freelancing on that last call than I would have liked. But, you know, nothing worse than mere severitis done. True. <laughs> Very true. True. Nobody can blame Cordova because they've done a lot worse. And at least Casey can recognize that. Like, yeah. you know, Severide and I go rogue every now and then. More like every, like, one or two episodes. But, yeah, no. True story. True story. Um, so, yeah. So then Otis finally hears back from the doctor who said he's actually worse than he was the last time somehow. Mm-hmm. And Otis, he's at, this is at Molly's and he's having this conversation with Brett. And Otis is like, you know, the clock's ticking. Like, if I don't get back on 81 soon, like, I might not get back at all. And Brett's like, you know what? That's baloney. Like, pshaw. And she just, like, (laughs) said – she just tries to advise him, you know, against moving so fast that, you know, and points out that it's not really worth worth risking his entire career over, like, coming back. Brett actually would say baloney, though. Brett wouldn't say bullshit. She'd, like, be like, like, that's baloney. Like, she she actually would would say that. She would. So, (laughs) Yeah. And then we kind of, we get the first, what I think is the first, isn't it the first Otis and Cordova conversation ever? I would say conversation, yes. They had a little, like, acknowledgement after Otis was shot in the hospital. And, like, he, like, started walking or something. And Otis just, or Cordova just kind of gave him, like, a head nod of, like, sup. Yeah. But this is the first, like, conversation. Mm-hmm. So the Cordova, this, you know, Otis is like, well, how'd the call go? And Cordova's like, it was, you know, it was fine or whatever. And you, he talks about how this is where he starts talking about, you know, how great it is to be at 51. He's like, I've been a floater for two years. He's like, I've worked with a lot of smoke eaters, but, you know, I've never seen a crew this in sync. And Otis is like, I'm glad you get it. Like, you know, not everybody does. And so this is where Otis realizes that, you know, Cordova, you know, he might be a little, he might have a little bullshit to him, but, you know, like he gets it. And, you know, it's hard to find someone who really truly gets it and can fit in and can be a part of the team. So Otis goes and tells Casey in the quarters, you know, after this conversation that if he can't pass his medical evaluation, you know, he wants Cordova to take his spot permanently. And Casey's like, no, oh, 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 he's like, let's, you know, you go to your assessment, you know, your evaluation, whatever, like, and we'll get those results and we'll see where it goes from there, you know. Like, nobody's saying that you're going to lose your spot permanently, but, like, let's get through this first and, you know, we'll see how it goes. See, that's something they didn't really explain here was the timetable that we were up against. Because they never really told us, like, oh, there's this deadline that Otis has to be back by this date. We were just kind of like, what's the rush? Like, he was rehabbing and we never really got any sort of, you know... I don't know. It was just kind of implied that there was a deadline. So it was just kind of like, are we working against the clock or well, are we I think not? What are Otis we doing? Otis is working against the clock. Like, I think Otis is kind of to the point where he, you know, because he says he's like, I don't want to keep holding people up. Like, I don't think there's actually a deadline. I think Otis put himself in a deadline. 
Because, you know, he doesn't want to lose a spot. He wants to prove that he can still be Otis and still be a useful part of the team. And right now he doesn't feel like that because he's not to 100% capacity. True. So I don't think there's actually from CFD being like, if Otis is not back by March 22nd, 2018, then, like, he can't be on the, you know, truck ever again. But, like, I think he in his mind has put himself against the deadline. Yeah. Which, like... Somebody needs to remind him, aside from Casey, which who did last week, like he was shot in the neck. Takes time. Yeah. You know. So. So Otis, the last scene that we get to see of this storyline is just Otis goes in for his next evaluation and we see him like pull his pocket out, pull his pocket, Jesus, please, pull his phone out of his pocket. And his phone is blowing up with all kinds of supportive messages from his 51 family. The one that got me the most, and I don't know why I died laughing at this, is from Severide. Like, I don't know why that killed me but i thought that was really funny well because it's severide like severide's like the strong silent type he's not be like i'm gonna text you words of encouragement type but i just like every time and i watched it again today and i was like oh my god that's i don't know why i I, like died laughing i thought it was so funny or like at least i i wouldn't i would see him doing that for like casey or gabby but not not for otis yeah not necessarily somebody who's not in his unit you know although he and Otis were roommates once a time, once upon a time. They were way back in the day with Shay. Oh, goodness. Way back in the day. That's true. Well, I just, I, I don't know. I'm like thinking about it because I remember back in season three when, no, um, yeah, it was season three, right after Shay died. Pour some out for Shay. Um, and Mills had the ear issue going on. And like at that point, Mills wanted to be in squad so badly. He wanted to get and- back in squad. Yeah. Oh, to get back in squad. Yeah. And so Bowden was like, have you checked on Mills? Like, you know, he really wants to hear from you. Like, he looks up to you. What's the deal? And Severide was like, no, I haven't. So I forgot about that. that. Yeah. I mean, granted, he was like wallowing in grief, but Severide's just, he doesn't strike me as that type. Yeah. But no, I thought it was funny. But yeah, that's the it for the Otis Cordova-ish stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was good was good but yeah they left it kind of up in the air and like i don't know i feel like that that story for this episode kind of was like all over the place like it was just kind of like once it was down then it was up and then it was down again and then we're like uh where are we going yeah like you said i really hope it's not like we don't see like the first scene of next episode with like otis on truck because that's gonna make me mad can stella at least keep her spot driving i don't (laughs) know why but i love it can we at least keep that yeah no otis isn't relinquishing that no. No, he's not. He wanted to drive for so long and then Cruz left and went to squad and so now he gets to drive and he's like, fuck that, I'm not giving that up. True story. True story. So lastly we shall talk about Stellaride. Oh boy. Oh Stellaride. Okay. Did you catch the crazy ex girlfriend reference I made in the outline? <laughs> I just did now. You just did now. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah you get it now yeah and so Stella like just gets out of a shower and she's like you know what time is it don't you dare leave without me blah 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 and Severide shows up and her gravity just kind of takes hold and oop there went her towel and yep that's the first scene (laughs) oh my god now I can't stop singing the song that you wrote the (laughs) tune to the I can't I really hope some of our listeners have, like, tracked down Crazy Ex-Girlfriend after hearing us talk about it, like, every single episode. I hope they have. I know. Let us know if so you funny. do. Because we what? would love to talk about it with you, if you have. We really would. We love that show. We love that show so much. Yeah. I can't believe you weren't thinking it when that scene happened, because it was the first thing on my mind. I was like, Stella Red Sex. <laughs> like, Stella Red Sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So after the call, Stella meets Gabby and Brett outside. And Derek tweeted during this. Derek was like, is this a lady cigar chat? And I was like, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm classified. I don't know if it gets classified as a cigar chat because those are sacred. But like we can come up with our own name and for the ladies and like call it that. Yeah. But it can't be anything like overtly girly, you know? No. But I don't know. Cigar chat. Like I say cigar chat and I think Severide and Casey. And like that's all I'll ever think about. So I want them to have their own like, distinct thing. Medic mania. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing. I don't know. But if any listeners, if you guys have any suggestions for what we should call like these girl, like girlfriend time chat things, like let us know. 
Yes, please. Yes, please. So Brett's like, how's life with Severide? And Stella just point blank is like, dude, it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) And but then she mentions the comment that Mama Sev made to her about the women and the relationships and everything, which like that comment still kind of bugs me. I'm like, why? You haven't been around your son in how long? And you're going to plant that seed in her head? Mm-hmm. Not okay. Not okay. Like, does Mama Sev even know about Anna? I doubt it. Or, like, she probably doesn't even realize the magnitude. Like, I bet Benny related to her and was like, Kelly's dating some girl. And she passed away out of nowhere. I don't know. And no, Mama but Sev's I get like, the oh, impression that Benny and Anna, or not Betty and Anna, dear Lord. Benny and Mama Sev didn't talk before two weeks ago, whatever, two weeks episodes ago. God, so they just had to have sex once in their son's bed, and that was enough to, like, bring them back together after all those years? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That is one messed up family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, poor Kelly. Yeah, so she meant, she makes the comment about relationships and everything, and Dawson's like, no, you know, he's come a long way. We've all seen it. And Brett just very quickly, just as an aside, she just is like, he's come a long day since his wedding in Vegas days. And, like, everybody, fandom, show included, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Poor Stella is like, what wedding in Vegas? <laughs> this poor girl. Like, I just want to sit her down with seasons one through three and just, like, have some wine and be like, Stella, let's educate you. Like, let's just fill you in on all the things that have happened. It just baffles me that as close as Severide and Stella seem, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but, like, that he didn't share some of the major points of his life. I mean, granted, he doesn't want to, you know, they're – horrible things that have happened and so he doesn't want to talk about them but like still like I mean, for I- someone that he claims to be so close with and claims to be like almost a Shay 2.0 that like she doesn't know all this shit about him Right, but I think his definition of close is a lot different than everybody else's definition of close. Like Severide's definition of close is like arm's length but like right where the arm ends. Yeah, no, I get I get it. I get that there's different different definitions of close, but like still. I also feel like Severide might not feel that it's important to disclose these details because, I mean, in his mind, he probably doesn't want people to know about his crazy ass past. No, I know, but there's such a big part of who he is and the reason he is the person he is today. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. But anyway, we'll talk about this in a second because we have a major point to discuss in a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so they get home, and Stella just goes for the kill. She asks the question point blank. She's like, so were you ever married? And Severide's like, who the hell told you that? And so he's, she's just like, oh, so that's a yes. And so he explains it. He kind of dances around the topic. He's like, I just lost my best friend. She had just lost her sister. The way he said it begs the question, though, does Stella know about Shay? Okay. My gut reaction says no, because he didn't say I had just lost Shay and kind of left it at that. And I feel like him talking about Shay's death comes with him mentioning the tailspin that he went on afterwards in his Vegas marriage. So, like, I feel like if he had told her about Shay and, like, that period in his life, then, like, it he would have had to talk about Brittany. Mm-hmm. Just because that is a part of the tailspin he went on after Shay died. But then I feel like she just has to know because Shay is all over 51, including the freaking Ambo. Like, you can't see the name Leslie Elizabeth Shay on the side of Ambience and not be like, who is that? And then she's in pictures all over 51. And like, so I can't believe that she doesn't know who Shay is. Or she knows who she is, but just hasn't made the connection. I mean, I could see her knowing who she is, but Kelly not having filled her in on their friendship. But I feel like if she asked Gabby, even if Gab, like, you know, if she's like, hey, Gabby, who's this Shay person? Why is she on the side of your Ambo? Then, like, Gabby would tell her. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can see that. I, I could totally see Severide not telling her about it. I, I imagine that, like, that. those are feelings that he just doesn't want to bring back up. Yeah. But, no, so my gut reaction is no, that she doesn't know. But then, I, you know, part of me feels like maybe she does because just Shay is all over 51. There is a fan fiction that I never knew I needed was Severide and Stella getting drunk on red wine and like Severide cry telling Stella about Shay. Oh my God, stop, Gina. I never realized I need that until just now. 
Don't lie. You would read it. Oh, yeah. I would. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think that – I don't think Stella knows about their BFF ship. That's crazy. But then Stella's first question was not the one that I thought she would drop. She was like, well, did you love her? And Kelly's like, at the time, maybe. See, now to me, when she said, did you love her? I was like, no, he didn't love her. But then he answered with that. And I was like, all right, I buy this. Like, given where he was in his life, I could totally see that. Yeah, I definitely could see that. But like only for the time period they were married, which apparently was like less than a month. Yeah. Goodness. So then they they keep talking, basically. And Stella's like, "Okay, well, you're past it now. Like, you've got yourself figured out, right? And when she said that, I was like, well, nobody's got themselves fully figured out. Like, don't get all judgy on us now. But he said something that kind of, yeah, he was like, well, I'm still working on it, which I think is why he doesn't want to talk about the crazy past because he's not proud of it. And he still hasn't figured out, you know, how that's shaped him into who he is now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. But he also mentions Renee and not that Renee, not like Sarah Shahi coming back Renee, even though there's a million other firefighters in Chicago that she could talk to. <laughs> but it's the one he was engaged to prior to season one. That Renee. Yeah. Goodness. So remember that there... time her brother was a floater in Firehouse 51? His former fiance, oh. Renee. Original Renee. Yeah, I do remember that. I can't remember his name for the I don't remember me, his I don't name remember either. That. I just remember he had good hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with the good, the good hair. hair. That's all I remember. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think we ever got like the full, full story, but it did sound like Severide was just like, peace out. I can't do this. So. Yeah. Goodness. Old school references there. I like all the callbacks they're making so far in these last couple episodes. They're so good. They are so good. So, so good. So then they go into the equipment room and it's a Stella and Casey scene. I feel like these Stella and Casey scenes are so underrated. I don't know why, but they're so good. I needed. Yeah. There was that storyline, like, either last season or earlier this season. There was the girl who was, like, suicidal or something. And, like, Stella and Casey were the ones who ended up negotiating with her. And it just ended up being, like, I don't know. They work really well together. They're, They're kind of an underrated pair. Yeah, for sure. So Stella asked, or asked Casey about the Vegas wedding. Of course he knew. Like, of course. And I just remember when Casey's like, listen, Gabby, like whichever way this shakes out, I need to be there for him. As in like, I know this is going to be a hot mess, but I got to watch it play out. Yeah. And so Casey handles it well. And he's like, well, for what it's worth, she wasn't exactly the love of his life. I'm like, all right, that's fair. That's a good way to put it. And so Stella's like, yeah, well, it just freaks me out because every time I feel like I know the guy, I find out he was holding something back, which like you and the entire fandom, Stella, like get on board. Yep. Yeah. And so Casey compares it to his situation with Gabby and he puts this so well. I love the way he says this. He's like, well, Gabby and Kelly both have these corners of themselves where no one else is allowed, not even us. And you can't change them. I love that. Same. I think that's so true. And I don't think I ever really noticed it like that, that like Gabby and Severide are a lot of the same person, Mm -hmm. but they are. And like, it totally makes sense the way he put that. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. So perfect. So then Stella asks Herman if she can move into his now vacated apartment, which we'll get into there. Um, And so Stella is just like, well, we moved in together, but we skipped the dating part. And I'm starting to think it was a mistake. Ah. So in the locker room after shift, Stella tells Severide that she's moving out. And she's just like, listen, I don't want to be another mistake, another story about moving too fast and burning out quick because we've done that once before. And then Sev references Brittany. And he's like, yeah, you know, Brittany didn't mean anything. And Stella says that that's what concerns her, which like, yeah, well done here, writers. Because I was like, what is she so worried about? And then I was like, she doesn't want to be another one of his many women. Right. Like, yeah. 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 So the episode ends and Stella's moving into her new place and Severide drops by. Brenna, why don't you take this here? Because this is the moment you had a big I, change of heart. <laughs> yeah. So basically Severide stops by and he's like, so you're really doing this? And she's like, yeah, I am. You know, she's like, you know, this doesn't really change the way I feel. And in fact, I'm doing it just because like I don't want things to change. And Severide's seen it like 
he drops the line, like one of his best lines. He's like, I don't really care where you live, wherever you are, that's where I want to be. Ugh. And I think, okay, so everyone who's listened to this for a while knows that I was really hesitant with Celeride because I, A, I really liked Severide and Anna and I have, you know, some complaints about how that was dealt with and that that was never fully explored. But B, I also just really hadn't ever seen that, like, Severide was, you know, making this point that Sever, like, she was different and that, you know, she, he saw her as more than a best friend and, you know, actually had a romantic interest in her. Mm-hmm. And that was something was just more than a hookup. And for me, like, this is what I needed. Like, this was him saying that, like, yes, Stella, you are more. Like, I do care. Like, you're not just a hookup. Like, it was just everything I needed to be like, okay, like, that's it. Like, he actually cares about her. Like, he's going to put in the commitment. He's going to put in the effort. And, like, that was what I needed. And now I'm okay with it. And it was also just a really cute scene. And that line was fucking adorable. I feel like that's the kind of line that, like, Casey would drop. And so to hear it from Severide is a big deal. Right. And that's – that's yeah. I think for me, I think with Anna, the fact that he was willing to be there for her during, you know, everything she was going through, like, that was it for me. I was like, okay, great. She's more than – more to him than, you know, just great sex or whatever. And oh, I was like, okay, I'm done. Anna and Severide, I'm great with. And for me, I just needed that moment with Stella – and, like, everyone else was like, oh, my God, I saw it from the beginning. I'm like, whoa, 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 From the beginning, they were hooking up, and it was just hooking up, and it was just casual fun. And, like, back in, like, season four or whatever. And then, like, so now, like, now I see it, and now I see that, like, he's like, okay, I'm here, I'm in, you know, I want this to be a real relationship. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I'm all on Stella right now. Hmm. So then it begs the question, I mean, we did get a lot of replies on Twitter and a couple of people were saying that they're worried about Stella right now because we know what's just around the bend. And good old Sarah Shahi's coming in to ruin the party. Yeah, I mean, so, we know there's trouble for them or like trouble in terms of episode descriptions. I mean, if you want to point out like trouble, then like you can look point back to Casey and Gabby in season two. Like they didn't last as they didn't last that long in season two before they broke up and then got back together. True. Like I think every couple does that. Like couples get together and they're only together the first time for a short little bit. And then they go through some trouble, whether they break up or they just go through troubles and stay together. That's a different story. And then they finally usually get back together for good the second time. So, like, they need to go through their shit. They're going to go through yeah. shit, whether it's this season or next. They're going to go through it. And, like, mm-hmm. it could be, honestly, if Sarah Shahi is the only trouble they go through and it just lasts three episodes, I'm okay with it. Because that's a shorter, it's a hell of a lot shorter than most couples. So you think they'll be strong enough to kind of, like, withstand whatever bullshit she comes with? Well, I don't know if that's the case, but if it only lasts for that long or, like, a little bit into next season then like it could be worse it could be Burzik <sighs> Burzik who the writers have totally forgotten about so like it could be worse true very true pour some out for Burzik <laughs> but yeah the, I, I did love that Severide line that was great so yeah I mean that's about the episode. I mean, we had a couple little random notes in here that we wanted to touch on. You thought the Herman and Lee Henry story was pretty funny, right? I thought it was really funny. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It was just, it was funny. I did die a little bit when Cindy was like, we need to talk. And he's like, well, you can say it around the guys. And the minute Cindy was like, I caught your son looking at pornography, everybody was like, like bye. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. And just, we love Cindy. We do. We love Cindy. Oh, and that was okay. That's another thing that we should probably touch on is this upcoming Herman tragedy. Remember when I texted you last week and you were like, I kind of hate you right now? Yeah, because you said, What if it has something to do with Cindy? Those weren't my exact words, but, but like, I was like, Listen, I was like, They wouldn't do anything to Cindy, would they? And I was like, No, fuck Gina. No, stop. Yeah, yeah, I know. You were like, I'd mute this group chat if I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just, I don't know. What it like, what could be a tragedy with regard to Herman. I don't even want to go there. I'm not there yet. I'm not putting that. I'm not going to simmer on that quite yet. We met his father in one episode of season one, right? Herman's father? Yeah. Taking oh, it way back yeah, here. Oh, yeah, we did. I wonder Well, we never if... met his father, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yes, there was a storyline involving his father. 
maybe it has something to do with him. Oh, God, that's throwing it way back. Because I feel like something happening to Cindy or the kids that's not having to do with the finale would be too much. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. They're not going to kill Orlovsky or try to kill Orlovsky again, are they? I mean, they could. I was just thinking back and I was like, when's the last time we killed the chaplain? (laughs) Is Herman tight with the chaplain? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like something happening to the chaplain would be a tragedy to all of them. Right, right. Which is why I don't think that's the case. But like, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Another note we wanted to touch on was from the second call with the uh, there was some sort of car accident and I, it was I another gang know. retaliation oh yeah that that somehow ended with a baby dangling off a bridge just a normal day yeah I don't understand how the baby stroller ended it hooked up on the fence like that this is one of those moments where I think it was television magic and like they clearly placed it you know they took their hands and placed it on the fence but like it's supposed to have magically ended up just like that also, well, second note, I thought the baby was in the car. That's what I was just going to say, was that wasn't the mom driving the car? I thought so. Unless she was walking, in which case and it's the, the least hit. safe pedestrian bridge ever. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that scene. Because that baby was definitely in a stroller. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a stroller. And the mom was outside the car. I don't, there was, there was no driver I, that I can recall. I don't know. Oh, man. That's a mystery. Yeah. I just, sometimes I need to know these things. Like, this, this should be a question to bookmark if we ever get to, uh, oh, yeah. Questions I'm on coming Derek. back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, be interesting. But yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, it's short and sweet just because we don't really have any news, but. Yeah, um, it's a relatively normal schedule this week, so you should hear us at the end of the week with Med and PD. We don't have PD this um, week, just Med. We don't have PD this week. Oh, there goes Bryna, burst in my bubble. Sorry. That's true. I hate when they do that. I hate these breaks. They make me so sad. Yeah. So it'll be a normal week as in we will have Med. We won't have PD. Sad face. But yeah, that's about it for today. As always, you guys know where to find us. We're all over social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. We have a website. It's called meetusatmolly's.com. Um, you can also email us anytime about anything, anywhere. Um, as we talked about last week, we watch a lot of other shows. So if you want to talk like Dancing with the Stars or what else do we all watch at the same time? Um Everything. That's the only show I can think. Everything. Yeah. You can always talk other shows with us, too. Let us know if you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We're dying to know that. Um, yeah. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. Ashley is at Ashnick095. That's Nick N-I-C. No K. And that's about all we've got. We will see you guys at the end of the week. So everybody have a good week and we will see you then. Bye.